The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 11th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily she does everything you do because the woman in your life is you hello everybody and welcome to women's spaces my name is elaine b holtz and i'm your host and with me at the board is my friend my partner and engineer ken norton good morning ken good morning what a beautiful, beautiful day here in Sonoma County. A little bit windy, but oh, just always so beautiful to just get up in the morning and just know, hey, another day to be alive, another day to live, and another radio show. Well, I have two special guests today. Joining on the uh, me on the phone will be uh, Millie Munson. Millie, along with her brother Milo, are creating a skateboard park project in Monte Rio, California. And, you know, I felt as an elder, it's important to support these young people when they engage in something like this. You know, the future, the, you know, the, as future activists, I hope it's a real learning experience doing something like this, which Millie will be talking about. And I'm really excited to present it and to support them. Well, Another great guest that I'm going to have, also joining me on the phone, and I'm really excited about this interview, is Diana Billy Elliott, who is the Executive Director for the Intertribal Council of California, an association designated for the unity of all American Indians. We will be talking about Joe Biden and his announcement that today, October 11, 2021, shall be called Indigenous Peoples Day. This is a step in the right direction, as far as I'm concerned, honoring uh, America's first inhabitants. This recognition in my mind is long overdue. We are a diverse nation. And I want to read a little bit, just a little bit uh, from the proclamation. It's called the Proclamation on Indigenous People Day 2021. October 8, 2021, presidential actions. That's when he wrote it. And today is Indigenous Day and they're sharing it with Columbus Day. So it's like, it's like two holidays in one. And, and it's, it's a lot of controversy around it, but I think it's long overdue. And let me just read this. Since time immemorial, American Indians, Alaskan natives and native Hawaiians have built vibrant and diverse cultures, safeguarding land, language, spirit, knowledge, and tradition across the generation. On Indigenous Peoples Day, our nation celebrates the invaluable contribution and resilience of Indigenous people, recognizes their inherent sovereignty, and commits to honoring the federal government's trust and treaty obligations to the tribal nations. Wow, what just amazing. It, this is so long overdue. Listen, just one last sentence I want to read. Our country was conceived on a promise, listen to this, of equality and opportunity for all people. A promise that despite the extraordinary progress we have made through the years, we have never fully lived up to it. What an acknowledgement. 
I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that we have taken a first step, and it's about time. But even even though it's about time, it happens. It's happening today in 2021. We're evolving. And I'm really looking forward to the interview with Diana to see what her thoughts are on this, on this Memorial Day. Well... I have, you know, I want to send out condolences to my, to the family of my dear friend of mine, Rebecca Zoe Nussman. Uh, Zoe died suddenly and I will miss her terribly. And I want, it just, it just, she was one in a million human beings and quite a character, I must admit, and one that will be incredibly missed, really. So to the family, to the Dustman family, my heart goes out to all of you. But then on the upside, you know, life goes on. Someone passes away, someone is born, you know, and here we have, wow, I had a baby shower on this Sunday for my uh, my great, uh, great-granddaughter. And, I'm, you know, my granddaughter is going to be having a second great-granddaughter uh, for me, Kaya Sierra, she'll be born on November 2nd. I never thought I would make it this far. It's just amazing how life goes on, you know, one generation after another. And, you know, our children are the future, and we must never, never forget about that. You know, I was I was at the baby shower, and everybody's all excited, you know. And, you know, women are so much more modern. I remember when I was pregnant, I wore this big moo-moo. You know, you had to hide it. Ooh, you know, you don't want anybody to see. Now they call it a bump, and they expose it like, <laughs> just, hey, this is natural. This is, this is life. And so many children coming into the world. And when I looked at the children, when they were all playing, they're so innocent. They're all having a little fun. You know, every once in a while, one of them will fall, and they'll start crying. And I just think of the, all the children across the globe. They all deserve joy and happiness and a good life. And we really need to work towards that. We really do. Well, you know, like we do every week, um, I, you know, just, just thinking about, just thinking about the children. You know, they're our future. You know, they really are. And children learn what they live, live what they learn. You know, if we teach them love and compassion and understanding and diversity, that's how they experience life. You know, we can't go on hating and dividing one another. I mean, it's it's time we have to quit. We're living on one planet, and our planet's in peril. And if we don't come together, you know, where there might not be a human species. I mean, it's not. I'm sure it's not going to be in my lifetime, but it could be happening. Who knows? You know, who knows what could happen? Well, like we do every Monday, our history is our strength. And I have some some really interesting people to talk about. Um, on October 11th, 1984, Dr. Catherine D. Sullivan is the first United States woman astronaut to wor- walk in space during the Challenge flight. So in 1984, we had a woman walking, first the wo- first woman to walk in space with the Challenge flight. And then let's go back a little bit in time. We're going to go to 1916. On October 16th, 1916, and this was huge. Margaret Sanger opens the first United States birth control clinic in Brooklyn, New York. That was huge. That all of a sudden it was acknowledged that women need to use birth control. It just, it just, it's stunning. It's really stunning to me. And listen, um, special birthday. On October 11th, which is just, uh, that's today. Happy birthday. 
She was born in 1884, and she made her transition in 1962. One of my heroes, Eleanor Roosevelt, civil rights advocate, feminist, author, world diplomat, former first lady from 1933 to 1945. Anna Roosevelt uh, Roosevelt was an American political figure, diplomat, and activist. She served as the first lady of the United States from 1933 to 1945 during her husband, uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's four terms, four terms in office, making her the longest-serving first lady of the United States. She also spearheaded the writing of the Human Rights Doctrine for the United Nations, and she is definitely, definitely one of my heroes. You know, whenever I get a little bit down or I think, oh, I just I can't go on or this is ridiculous or whatever, I think of Eleanor Roosevelt and the challenges that she had. And I love, I love this quote of hers. This is a very famous quote. A woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until it's in hot water. <laughs> I like that. A woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until it's in hot water. I know that's the truth. I'm sure ladies, all you ladies can relate to that. And another woman who's having a happy birthday on October 12th, she was born in 1908. She made her transition in 1997, was Ann Petrie. And she was a reporter for the African-American newspapers in 1930s. She wrote The Street and she was the first African-American novel to sell more than a million copies in 1946. So she was the first woman who was an African woman that was really published. Her book sold. It's called The Street over a million copies, which was quite which was quite a, a, a feat uh, back then when, when it happened in 1946. I mean, we, we, you know, when you think that today is Indigenous People's Day, we have come a long way. At least we are beginning to acknowledge certain things. And once you become aware of it, once you become conscious of it, then you start, the changes start happening. So, I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on. Well, we're getting ready for our first interview with uh, Millie Munson, and we're going to take a musical break. And like I always say, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. I was so impressed at these young people and what they're attempting to do, you know, speaking out for climate change and racism and to create a better world, you know. So the song that I'm going to play, and I want to dedicate this to all the young activists, it's called The Greatest Love of All, and it's sung by a woman by the name of uh, Kennedy Holmes. And, you know, you might think, oh, well, these kids are just doing a skateboard. No, the idea is they're active. They saw a problem. They saw something that was happening, and they put their energy into it, and they began to change things and began to reach out to people. And also they're going to be having, we're going to be talking about this, but they actually are going to be having a fundraiser uh, that's going to be happening October 16th, and uh, Millie will talk about that when we bring her on the line. Anyway, let's go ahead, Ken, let's go ahead and play The Greatest Love of All, and then we will be back with Millie Munson. I believe the children are our future Teach them well and let them lead the way Show them all the beauty they 
may possess inside Give them a sense of pride To make it easier Let the children's laughter Remind us how we used to be Everybody's searching for a hero People need someone to look up to I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs A lonely place to be And so I learned to depend on your strength in love oh my goodness i love that song i believe the children are our future and we must never lose sight of that that's why i chose this song well for you folks just joining in i want to remind you my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessary the opinions of the station its board of directors its members and women's spaces well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. And without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest. Joining me on the phone is Millie Munson, spokesperson uh, for the skateboard park that's happening in Monte Rio, California. Welcome, Millie. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Hi, thank you, Elaine, for having me. Well, this is really exciting, you know. It's really, really exciting. You know, Millie, I thought we would start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your age, what high school you go to, and and, and, and what motivated you about getting involved with your brother Milo on this project. Um, well, my name is Millie, and 
I am 17 years old, and I go to Technology High School in Roanoke Park. And my brother and I were, we started this project because this skate park right now is a little bit small, and we just wanted a little bit more for the children. And we were hoping to put in a bowl because they don't really have any closed bowls in Monorail. Talk about what is a bowl. Explain that a little bit. Um, well, a bowl is, for people who don't know what skateboarding is, there are different types of bowls. There are regular bowls with regular coping, and then there are bigger bowls with pool coping, and that's the um, same material as what's on the outside of a pool. Oh. And it's a little bit, um, I guess, gnarlier, if that's a word that you can say. And um, so a bowl is just, it's, it's just like a pool, but you skate inside of it. So it's a little bit less harsh on the inside. So it's, it's one of those, it's kind of like a round, uh, kind of a round structure where people, they skate around it like it's like they can go around in a circle and help them balance. Yeah, it's like a hole in the ground that you put your skateboard into and roll around in it. Well, you know, talk about why why do you think it's important that in this at this particular time that the a skateboarding park should be made available at Monte Rio? What 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 do you think is important about that? Well, lots of people from all over come to Monte Rio to skate the park because it's pretty unique. There aren't a lot of parks like it. Um, it's very flowy, and it was kind of made with the with the environment around it. There's trees all over, and it's really beautiful, but it's a little bit confined because um, lots of people come there, and it's a big circle, and it can get really chaotic, so we were hoping to expand it. So let me ask you something. I mean, here you are, 17 years old, embarking upon this huge project. I mean, getting something like this in order. Uh, where, where, where do you get your motivation, and what are some of the challenges that you faced as you're going proceeding with this? Well, my brother and I, I think the biggest challenge that we've faced so far is um, being is well, we're both minors so um we don't know a lot about like permitting and all the structural like parts of a project like this we don't know exactly where to start so we've had a lot of help from um other people in the community such as the monorio parks and recreation department and our local architect there and some professional skateboarders too so I think that's the biggest challenge that we've faced is um, knowing exactly what to do next. And But we have had so much support from the community there and all the adults that surround us. And so I think that's really great that we're able to be taken seriously about a project like this. 
Well, that's amazing. That really is just amazing that you've had. I know you've had a lot of community support. Well, I know you're going to be having a fundraiser. Let's talk a little bit about that. That's going to be happening on October 16th, and it's going to be from 10 to 6 p.m. Talk a little bit about this. This is a fundraiser to expand the mark, uh, the Monte Rio Skate Park, hopefully to put in a big pool bowl, like you said. Then uh, there'll be music at the amphitheater with local bands, beer, garden, and many vendors. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so we are having this um, fundraiser. It is a fundraiser with music on one part of it, music and food, and then on the other part of the fundraiser, there's going to be a skateboarding competition. And this is for all ages and all genders, and the competition will start at noon. And... um, but you can, for skateboarders, they can come as early as they want to practice before the competition starts. Um, but we're doing this because I think, because we th- thought that it would be the best way to raise some money for the skate park. Um, we have to match um, 20% of a grant, which is $65,000. And so we would need to make we would need to make around $13,000 at this fundraiser, but hopefully more because um, we need to... Uh, $65,000 is not going to be enough to build the bowl. But it's a great start, and we're hoping to get that money. Boy, it's always the money, isn't it? It's always the money. <laughs> it gotta, is. you got to raise the money. Well, mm-hmm. is there a website or anything that you have that people can go to, or how can they how can they donate, or how can they find you? Is there any information that you can give us about that? Um, yes, I can. Um, so you can you can donate to the Monorail um, Parks and Recreation Department, and I will the district, and I will. Um, Send you, Elaine, something like that, or a link to that later. Sorry. And you can also donate at the fundraiser directly to, um, there will be someone in charge there that will be accepting donations. So um, we encourage you to come to our fundraiser and just check it out and see what a wonderful community we have there. Millie, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Women's Spaces and for heading and helping your brother Milo with this wonderful, wonderful project. And I have a contact person, Jason Cool at 707-889-1599 if folks want to donate or become involved uh, with, uh, with the project. Is there any last words that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I would just like to say thank you so much for being a part of this movement and for supporting women, and this is a great radio show you have going on here, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, I'm happy to have you, and congratulations. You know, it's very important. You know, young people have to understand when you see a problem and all of a sudden you say, hey, wait a minute, what can I do? What can I do to do to take care of it? And also you take that first step, right, and before you know it, it's happening. And listen, we have to do a shout-out to your father, Joe Munson, who's really been a driving force behind this. Would you say that, Millie? Of course. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Joe Munson, for motiv- motivating me every day and keeping me going on this project, even when things are hard. You know, well, behind behind every great woman is a good father, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes, I would. Well, thank you, Millie Munson. Thank you so much for being on Women's Spaces. And just to remind our listeners, the the date for the skateboard is October 16th from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And it's going to be at the Monte Rio Skate Park and Amphitheater. And there are suggested uh, donations. And to come on out and watch what these kids do with the skateboards and also to support this project. And like I said at the beginning, you know, this is a first step for activism. When you have young people like this that get involved. They can see success, and all of a sudden they're going to take the next step, and then the next step. And before you know it, they're just doing things that are just phenomenal. So thank you so much, Millie. And we are going to uh, take another uh, musical break before we have our next guest on, which is Diana uh Ellie and I'm really, really looking forward to to talking with her. I mean, it just is it's just going to be an amazing, amazing conversation. Uh, the uh, song that I'm going to be playing is a song called "Let There Be Peace," and it's sung by one of my favorite singers from uh, Becky Hobbs from her album "Naya Hey," uh, the beloved women of the Cherokee. It's uh, from a play of uh, her grand, her great, 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 great five great grandmothers uh, it, and it really talks a little bit about her and and how she was born and and some of the some of the struggles that the native americans americans have gone through it's uh, it's just an amazing song so let's go ahead and play that and like i said when we come back we will be talking to diana belly billy elliott who is the executive deputy for the intertribal council of california and association designed for the unity of all american indians so let's go ahead can and play that. I was born in a field of corn in the land of the Cherokee. I did my chores, but I knew there was more than my could see I married young he was brave and strong but he died fighting for his creed I took his place but I vowed someday that we would live in peace let there be the same as ours When will we understand Our children died and the white wolf cried All ye people lay down your gun 
swans wing No, I am still alive Let there be peace Let there be love Let life fly free As the morning dove Let every heart Hear the song I sing Bless, let there be love, let there be peace. How much beautiful, more beautiful can you express something? Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And joining me on the phone is Diana Billy Elliott, who is the Executive Director for the International Council of California. Welcome, Diana. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Hi, Elaine. Uh, I want to correct you. I'm actually not the Executive Director I am the deputy director, and it's for the Intertribal Council of California. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I switched it. Instead of executive, I in deputy director. I put executive director. My apologies. Well, you know, I am really welcome you to Women's Spaces. And, you know, today is a very exciting day, I'm sure, for you, which is uh, President Biden named as Indigenous Peoples Day. And, you know, unfortunately, we, uh, we were not connected as well as I would have liked us. And I, I kind of missed your bio. So tell us a little bit about you, Diana. Tell us a little background, who you are, and how you got involved in this type of work. All right. Thank you, Elaine. So like you had mentioned, my name is Diana Billy Elliott. Um, I am the Deputy Director for the Intertribal Council of California. I'm also a tribal leader for my people, which are the Hopland Band of Pomo Indians. I've been with the organization since 2018. I attended Humboldt State University from the years of 2014 to 2018 where I received both of my undergraduate and graduate degrees in social work. You know, Elaine, my passion is to advocate for Native American people and provide services that will ultimately empower them and enhance the lives of our Indigenous people. Uh, One of the main programs that we operate for, the Intertribal Council of California, which is also known as the ITCC, is the Family Violence Prevention Program. Our program provides much-needed resources and education surrounding domestic violence that takes place within the family unit. Um, And with our organization, we have a a main office, which is um, called our central office, which is located in Roseville, California. And then we have many satellite offices that we have domestic violence tribal advocates throughout our state. What are some of the challenges that you face developing this program that you're involved in? Okay, so I didn't develop this program. I want to say that first and foremost. This program was already developed by the ITCC, um, but I will speak about some of the challenges. So definitely some of the challenges that are involved with with this type of work that we do is, is really making sure that our people, indigenous people, have what they need when they need it, right? Like there's a lot of barriers that take place as far as lack of transportation, lack of Internet, you know, lack of... Uh, being able to obtain these much-needed resources. And so our, our organization and program, we take our services to the uh, tribal communities and we, we meet our, you know, our, our clients wherever they need to be met, whether it's on the reservation, off the reservation, and with us comes 
um, our emergency services that we provide um, when somebody is experiencing domestic violence. Well, you know, here in Sonoma County, we're actually uh, celebrating Domestic Violence Week. Uh, we have a program called the uh, Family Justice Center. In fact, I just I just uh, went on a tour, and it was just amazing all the different programs that are being set up of late. That at least there's some awareness at this point. And you know, another awareness that that I think is important to talk about, along with your programs, you know, about a lot of this information about young Native American women that are missing. How how does your how does your program interact with that issue? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing that up, Elaine, because I don't feel that, you know, when it comes to Indigenous women that have gone uh, missing or murdered, that there's not enough national attention um, to it. And so, you know, we actually do have a a girl from the Round Valley area, which is uh, in the Covalo area. Her name is Khadijah Britton, and she has been missing for um, the last few years. And you know, it's been very hard not only on her individual, her, her tribal community, but all of us in the surrounding areas. It, it, this affects all of our people. Not, you know, it does affect the families and the, 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 the community that the individual comes out of, but it really affects the entire, you know, Indian country. Um, and so one of the ways that we, you know, we, we are, we, our, our organization spreads awareness as it pertains to the missing and murdered indigenous women. We're making sure that people, you know, are aware that this is an issue that takes place with Indigenous women um, and and others. And we want to just make sure that the awareness continues um, to be, you know, talked about. You know, these mothers, sisters, aunties, grandmothers, you know, and even men. They, they go missing and murdered as well, Native men. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're keeping the conversation going keeping the awareness going and making sure that, you know, these families know that their loved ones are not forgotten about. Well, you know, people need to recognize that, you know, stuff like this going on, you know, it might be happening to the Native American group, but it can happen to any group. That's why you have to, you have to solve where it's happening so it doesn't spread. And it, it, it just, I don't understand. Why do you think there's not as much attention to this? I mean, even from women's group that should be happening. How, how do you how do you feel we should how we could raise the awareness a little bit better? You know, honestly, I, like I said, I think just keeping the conversation going and making sure that you know the the attention that has has been given to other groups also pertain to Indigenous people. I think uh, you know that when somebody goes missing or murdered, no matter who they are, that it affects, you know, the family and the community. Right. And it's, you know, I honestly don't have the answer as to why the awareness isn't isn't um, at a level where it needs to be when it as it pertains to indigenous people. Well, let's 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 look a little bit. You know what's happening today about uh, President Biden calling this Indigenous Peoples Day. Do you think something going forward with this kind of of action? Do you think that helps awareness? I mean, I know for myself, when all of a sudden I found out all this, you know, that this was happening, and I start doing research, I thought, oh my God, I start reading about the missing women, and all all kinds of things came up. So talk about what it means. How this uh, October 11th named as Indigenous people uh, how what does that mean to you and how is that going to impact the Native American community do you feel it's going to make any changes so first of all I, I would like to say that uh, Native Native American people you know when it comes to you know Columbus Day that is not, that is something that we've never acknowledged 
Um, we've, we've never acknowledged Columbus Day. And now that October 11th has been named Indigenous Peoples Day by President Biden, you know, I feel that that was a, a really nice gesture. You know, um, I can't speak of, you know, how it will affect affect other Native American people. But, you know, again, I, um, I'm i appreciative of it. And I, and I think that it was a, a nice gesture, you know, moving forward to um, acknowledge this day as Indigenous Peoples Day. At least, you know, to, to, you know, when I read the first part of it, I read the first part of the, um, of the, uh, proclamation. And one of the things that I found very interesting is that they, they actually admitted that they never lived up to the treaties and stuff that they had promised in the past. And I thought, this is amazing. I mean, if we can just continue to move forward where another administration comes in and all of a sudden all that goes, goes down the tube. Well, also, you know, when you're looking at, at your own organization, what, what are the challenges? I mean, this is a, this is quite an honor and I can see that, you know, there's some ambivalence you know, of course, it's a good idea, but let's see how, how we can move forward. So what are some of the challenges that your organization is, is, is facing today, and how can, how can folks help? How can they become more involved? Okay, so some of the challenges that, that you know, we face is, is that as Native American people, we have, you know, the highest rates straight across the board as it pertains to domestic violence, mental health, substance abuse. Um, lack of education or job skills, all these different things that, you know, are, are issues uh, throughout Indian country. And I think uh, uh, another big portion of that, of that is the underreported, you know, the, the cases that pertain to domestic violence and indigenous people, they're, they're underreported. A lot of times people will not report um, that the domestic violence is taking place. Uh, you know, to authorities, um, you know, we, we do get phone calls, uh, you know, with, from people that are in need of assistance, emergency services, like emergency housing or emergency clothing or food or diapers for the children and, and so on. Um, and so I think those are some of the, some of the issues. And I, and I believe that the, the reporting, the under reporting is one of the, the main things that stems, you know, from, from these issues. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I find when it comes to women, indigenous people, you know, any homeless, there's always underreporting. I mean, it's just it it it's a phenomenal to me. I'm sometimes I believe that the the media wants us to believe that we live in this wonderful little bubble when we don't. You know, I mean, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of interesting. Well, what are some other things that you feel are important for folks to know about the Intertribal Council of California? What what are some of their missions and what are some of the um, some of the accomplishments that you are particularly proud of? So, um, one of the main main things that I'm particularly proud of. Uh, most recently, we we opened um, the very first in our ITCC history Native Americans uh, Women's Shelter as it pertains to domestic violence. Um, we're in the process of of moving forward with um, another first in our history, which is the Mending Basket Resource Center, Native American Resource Center. Um, I also know that we are um, just now beginning a men's wellness component, which will um, <clears throat> contain uh, men's wellness and prevention resources um, before domestic violence occurs, education and prevention. Um, I do want to say that, um, you know, all of this work that, that we are doing at Intertribal Council of California, we couldn't do it without the help of, of tribal leaders and the tribes that we serve um, so I always want to make sure that we're acknowledging our our, our tribes and, and the tribal people that we serve. Um, I think that there's many more services that are going to come um, out of um, all these these different programs that we're beginning. 
And um, I just want to say that, you know, one of the things at ITCC, we, we promote the equity and justice in education, health, social services, economic development, cultural preservation, and environmental stewardship. We're always advocating for safety and protection of tribal children and their families. And we also carry on the legacy of uniting tribal people throughout the state of California and building for future generations. Amazing. Amazing. A lot to be proud of. Lots to be proud of. Well, any last words that you have? We're coming to the end of our segment. Any last words that you might have? Anything that you'd like to share with the people? Any websites? How can people support you? Anything that you feel, Diana, is important? Just be my guest. Sure, and that's just, uh, you know, knowing that we do have a Sonoma County Tribal Domestic Violence Advocate, um, and um, her brochures are being passed out throughout the county and her business cards. And, you know, ultimately, we're here to empower our Native American people. We're here to lift them up. And we're here to provide much-needed resources and services as it pertains to education surrounding domestic violence that takes place within the family unit. Do you have a website or anything that folks can come to and any, how they can get a hold of you if they have any questions? Um, sure. Let me see. I think it's uh, our the, the ITCC website. Yeah, it's on the it's on the internet. You're saying it's on the internet, Joe? Oh yes, yeah. Do, do, and how how is it listed? It's Intertribal Council of California. Oh, and you just go on the internet. And how? Oh, can, yeah. Any any way to get in contact with you, or is is that the way they do it? I'm sure. You know, I can also be reached at d i a n a b e at itccinc.org and we would forward any requests or um, the need for somebody to get in touch with uh, our Lake, uh, any of the counties, Lake County, Mendocino County or Sonoma County domestic violence advocates. If they want to send an email or reach out to us, we will definitely connect them with the appropriate person in their area. Well, Diana, Billy, Elliot, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Women's Spaces. This has been a very informative, informative interview. And I want to wish you a happy Indigenous Peoples Day. I mean, this is, this is a historic moment for both of us right now. Yes, thank you so much, Elaine, for having me on. I appreciate your time. And I thank you for what you're doing. Well, you had. I want to share one thing with my uh, with my listeners. This was the shortest notice I've ever given anybody. Diana and I just met at a at a at the Family Justice Center, and I knew right away. I said, "I just have to have you on the air." So thank you so much, and I want to wish you all the success in the world. And know that if there's any announcements or anything that you need, that KBBF here over here and Women's Spaces is. So to say, on your side. So thank you so much. Thank you, Elaine. You you enjoy the the rest of Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you. Wow, what a great interview! I'm telling you, people are people are just amazing to me. They just really are. There are so many wonderful things going on, and I really appreciate that she, that Diana came on and gave us all that wonderful information. And it's just really exciting to me to be able to do the interview, especially because it is Indigenous Peoples Day, and we're doing something very, very different and acknowledging acknowledging our Native American uh, brothers and sisters. Very important. And 
very important to be aware about some of these young women missing. I mean, we all need to pay attention to that because, you know, if something happens to one person's child, it can happen to any anybody's challenge child. Well, I'm going to do something a little bit different here. Um, there's a song that I just love. It's called Light a Candle, and it was written by Neil Young. And I want us to... I want us to listen to the song, and I want to talk a little bit about it. I wanted—I just want to discuss it a little bit. I think it's one of these these songs that has really impacted me when I think about all the words, every word in that that is mentioned in the song. It's very, very impacting to me. So I'm going to ask Ken. Let's let's play that uh, light a candle, and I decided to play it by. Uh, Neil Young himself, because the way he articulates, it's it's very it's very easy for one to understand the words. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about it because I think it's very important, you know. And the idea of lighting a candle, lighting a candle for peace. What if every day? we lit a candle for peace or once a week we lit a candle for peace and everybody out there just made a little bit of a like this candle is for peace and put peace out in the air maybe who knows what could happen i mean on a metaphysical level but i want you to listen to this song i want you to listen to the lyrics it's very very important and when we come back we go go ahead and talk about it so you want to go ahead and play light a candle it's and i I have to say this this is one of my favorite i play this song so much that I, I almost know it by heart. So let's go ahead, Kent, play Light a Candle, and we're going to be introducing Neil Young singing it. Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth looking for. The light of time is on us We will see our moment come And the living soul inside will carry on It's a chance to give new meaning To every move we make Through the caverns and the caves Where we come darkness 
Light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth looking for. When the light of time is on us, we will see our moment come, and the living soul inside will carry on. Light a candle in the darkness, so others might see ahead. Light a candle in the darkness when you go. 
You know, we all have to work together. You know, I love that. Light a candle in the darkness so others might see ahead. Light a candle in the darkness when you go. What an amazing, an amazing thought. Well, I really appreciate this song more than I can say. You know, it just, it just, it just gives me, it gives me hope for some reason. And also, I think as far as Neil, Neil Young goes, I think this is one of the, the, one of the most beautiful pieces of poetry that I've read in a long time. And I'd like to do something a little bit different, and that is talking about, I have a candle in front of me, it's a picture, it says, A Call to Action. You know, I'd like to read this little poem. Humbly I call to thee, great cosmic energy. Come to my side and be my guide with all the richness you provide. I will keep my head up and my heart open as my desires to you are spoken. I call to thee, profound energy. Fill me with motivation and winning strategy. Come to my side and be my guide. I call to thee, cosmic energy. What a beautiful thought. And that's what I see this song. I see this song as presenting cosmic energy, introducing us to cosmic energy, introducing us to a different way of thinking. And the light of the candle, to me, is the light of hope, the light of promise. So I'm going to end today's show with a quick poem. <laughs> you know, I just I just love doing this show. I want to thank all my listeners for all the support that they give for Women's Spaces. I also want to remind people that I was blessed to be able to uh, speak at the uh, at the Women's uh, Rally on uh, October 2nd. And I want you to know that it's on my website, www. Uh, womenspaces.com you can you can actually listen to the speech share it with other people it it has to do with the pledge that we do at the end of at the first the last monday every month and i want to you know i want you to let your friends know to share it to to think about what i'm saying it's very very interesting and so i'm going to end with this poem because it's i just think it's just absolutely wonderful when we went to the to the shower we were all talking about our hair so let's go i'm more than my hair i have come to declare i am aware i am more than my hair a simple statement but listen i have lived for decades obsessed by my do i thought that hearing the words i love you i want you i need you you're beautiful was all connected to my hair from hairdresser to hairdresser i would go hoping to look good and make a good show so some special man would know i am beautiful enough and worthy enough to ask for a date to ask for a kiss all they had to do was see the beauty of my hair at a workshop sighing in the mirror eyes questioning what am i to do i left my gel at home Where's the brush, the special one that makes waves in my hair stand up tall? It's been rough. It's been tough. No more, I declare, where I'm more than my hair. I am that I am, and what I am is grand. Well, folks, think about that one. Well, you've been listening to Women's Faces. 
And my name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I've been your host. And I want to do a special thank you to Millie Munson and to remind you about the October 16th uh, rally that will be happening with the skateboard in uh, Monte Rio. It will be on our website, www.womenspaces.com. And also a special thank you to Diana L- uh, Billy Elliott from the Intertribal uh, Association of California. I want to thank her for being on uh, Women's Spaces. And once again, Happy Indigenous Day to all our Indigenous brothers and sisters out there. It's been a long time coming, but it's here. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 11th, 2021.